Welcome back to Cover Stories. Uh, today we have a special guest, uh, Jaylene Ariana, featuring Daniel Miller. Hello. Hello. How's it going? We're here, present. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. I almost called you Julia Jacqueline, but no, oh you're God. covering Julia <laughs> Jacqueline. Hello, well. <laughs> yeah. So you uh, chose to cover Pool Party by Julia Jacqueline? Correct. Um, so we always ask, why this song? Um, I feel like, well, I used to listen to this song like literally every single day of my life. First of all, great vocals. It's so good. And like, I feel like you could just hear like her pain, like in the way she sings. And also like the way that all of the instruments are like on the same wavelength is really powerful. What do you think about the song, Daniel? Yeah, I liked it. I'll probably keep listening to Julia Jacqueline. Um, this is, that was, I definitely haven't listened to it as deep as y'all have, but uh, yeah, I like the, I like the vibe, and I think you're definitely right talking about how all the, like, instruments work really well to get the point across on that one, even if I, like, am not yeah. totally aware of the point yet. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's so many different versions of, like, what she could be saying. Like, what you'd, like, you use... Because she uses so many metaphors, I feel, but they're very, like, to the point, but also, like, to your own interpretation, I feel. Yeah, definitely. There was, I mean, even on, um, like I think it's Song Genius, I was reading that the lyrics, they, they play around with like height, depth, and weight, and there's different like measurements, yeah. and it's it's also very symbolic at the same time. It's yeah. literal and symbolic, and it, it you can interpret it so many different ways, but it's also, it, it also means, you get the same vibe from it, no matter what you right. interpret it as. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I feel like that's so powerful, just because like, the fact that you can literally like, use height and weight, and she's talking about like how she like viewed this guy as like a smaller person and that's just like oh my god i feel like it's more powerful than just being like he's a piece of shit (laughs) it's just like it builds more depth to it yeah yeah definitely and i I was actually i listened to a podcast called um sober company and it's about uh recovering alcohol or recovering addicts that it's not specific to alcohol and uh they they create these like playlists about you know what they're feeling it was a really interesting podcast um but this woman i can't remember her name uh she talked about this song and you know the way she interpreted it because she experiences herself is this you know uh, looking up to somebody who has an addiction and that's kind of the core of what it meant to her you know the line, my heart is heavy when you're high, so for me, why won't you try? Just trying to appeal to that person to say, you know, hey, like, can you stop this for me? And it's the heartbreak. that would, yeah. It's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, and I feel like also at the same time, it's like her literally, like, pleading with them. Like, please. Like, I literally love you. Like, please. And I think that's so just, like, deep, but on a different level of, like, because I feel like whenever she's singing it too, like you could just like hear her pain and like hear like this is a very real thing for her, you know? Yeah. I, I think uh, uh, with her influence, she's talked about Fiona Apple being an influence, yeah. uh, Angel Olsen. Um, I hear a little bit of Patsy Cline in her too, though. I hear like that kind of old. That's present. Yeah. 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 I think that, and then even in with this song specifically, the way the chords are structured reminds me so much of Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah. Wow! Like you kind of have the you, you kind of have these like roller coaster of of, of yeah. tones, and and it, I think all those things are I don't know if they're on purpose, but it definitely feels uh, explicit. Like it feels like that's what you're supposed to get out of it. It reminds you of all these things, but also feels fresh. Yeah, and I feel like whenever you like in a song like as a writer whenever you just like vaguely or say things or say them with like a metaphor behind it rather than just saying like it's straight up i feel like it leaves it so much for like a listener to like apply it to their own life in the way that they need to you know 
Yeah, definitely. And, and we've talked about this a lot. We're just, you know, when someone can write something that is so specific to them and then it, it's so sincere and it's, it's really them like having a catharsis on paper uh, in, in the audio sessions and everything. And then people can listen to it and it becomes universal. Right. Like that concept is, I just think it's like the best part it's of the music. It's insane. Yeah. Also, I feel like throughout the song, you could definitely hear like the different phases in the love for this person that she's talking about, you know? Oh, yeah. She's like pleading, but then she's like, um, actually get out. Like I'm, you really lost my love, you know? It's so powerful. Definitely. And I think the music video is a good representation of that too. I mean, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's a little bit different conceptually, but you know, we were talking about this before that she filmed it in her, um, her home, her childhood home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the whole concept of it is she's kind of like dancing and then the, the guy she's with is, is working out. Yeah. And they're just on two different wavelengths. And at the very end, they kind of meet in the middle in, in the pool and it, they have this like moment. It's very, it's it's a little ambiguous, but it's also like clear that they're just not on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the fact that you could, even without seeing the music video, you could definitely tell that like, even through like people that are addicts and stuff like that, it's definitely a a battle of trying to like convince yourself that oh no no me and this person are very much on the same vibe. But I feel like whenever you like recognize like you know what this is a thing, it's a lot more of like facing the situation. And I feel like at the end of the video, that was her, like, this shit is real, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's so beautiful. Like, just so that she could, like, relay that message without even saying anything. It's so good. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that in, in a lot of her music, I, I love the whole, I mean, she's considered, and a lot of journalists consider her as, like, like country folk, you know? And it definitely You know what? Dabbles. That is so funny because literally um, my whole genre, I've been like playing with it a lot more because I used to be like, oh, I'm like an indie artist. But then I was like, I feel like that doesn't really fit me because, um, you know, yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Because <laughs> yeah, yeehaw, yeah. But I feel like the genre that she is in is considered like, um, like folk or like folk indie or something, yeah. like folk pop, something like that. And I think it's hilarious, first of all, because <laughs> imagine being a folk artist. That's so funny. Like, just the fact that, like, that's what the world, like, sees, like, folk music right now or, like, country music. Or maybe, like, Casey Musgraves. Like, yeah. she's barely country artist, but she's, like, yeehaw, yeah. you know? And I think it's so funny that, like, little Southern twang would get you far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think we talk a lot about on here about, like, how genre is kind of irrelevant now. And not yeah. because it doesn't matter, but just because it's it's there's so many different aspects of genre. Right. And indie, because I, I, I think about indie and like my interpretation of indie when I first heard the term indie was like college radio, like mm. R.E.M. and Pixies and, and some of my favorite bands, yeah. you know. And then in when I was in college, it became more like Vampire Week and like the Bohemian Brooklyn Williamsburg kind of stuff. Yeah. And then it kind of turned into this like, you know, Sharon Von Etten type of folksy. And it now it's just it's kind of. It's just kind of a, a cornucopia of different yeah. sounds that really don't mean the same thing, but it's just a way to group them all together now. Yeah. Well, what what kind of like genre would you say your like guitar playing is? Um, I don't know. I I think it kind of going along with what you're saying there. I think maybe one of the reasons for genre becoming less of a thing is that there's just so many ways to access the information of like music. Yeah. So like you can get on YouTube. Like there's Spotify, all these things that are paid, but then you could just get on YouTube like for free and check out all these different artists. And so I think 
the the more information you have available to you, the more different things like somebody who's creating something can pick from and be influenced from. So like maybe back in the 60s when all like, and I'm just going to go with country because it's something I know, like back in the 60s with like the honky tonk stuff, a lot of that stuff sounded similar and it was like, come because like all those cats were like playing together and it was like yeah. a, uh, there was like a code for the music. And I'm not saying that there's not a code for like, the music that we play now, but yeah. I think like, um, like I play with a lot of different indie artists and whenever I play with a different indie artist, like, uh, it's like I'm learning a whole different code as opposed to like going to a honky tonk gig or going to a jazz gig where like, um, it, like a jazz standards gig where there is like, there's a set code and we all know it. But then like nowadays with different indie artists, it's like, everybody has their own thing that they came up with because they have a lot of different things to like pull from as far as influences are. Yeah. And so like with my guitar playing, I'm definitely, uh, I probably listen to jazz guitar players the most, but then I also like, um, like Neo soul and, uh, country and rock. Um, almost like all kinds of guitar playing. And I like metal too. Probably least less on metal but uh <laughs> but I do like it you know and I am still influenced by that stuff from when I was listening to it a lot so yeah I don't think I could like group it into any one thing yeah at this point I feel like hang on on this one because it's a it's a it's a ride but this is my thought I feel like the way that um genres are I feel like rather than like just sticking like an artist to a genre you know Cause I feel like genres, you could sing country music whenever you're sad or like, I feel like it's more of an emotion. Cause like definitely I make some songs and they sound more like poppy and I'm like, oh, but I'm not a pop artist. So let's cut, like cut that down. But I feel like rather than sticking to like genres, I feel like it's more important on like the emotions that we attach to the music. Cause mm. at the end of the day, like that's all it is. It's just an expression of like whatever the fuck we have going on in our head. Yeah, um, I want to mention this uh, one artist just real quick because um, uh, my friend Rue, she has a couple of songs on Instagram or on on Spotify and uh, I was listening to it and I just recently started listening to it, but there's only three tunes and one of them sounds like it should be in a Tim Burton movie, like a stop motion Tim Burton movie. Like, oh, so and cool. then one of them is like an early 2000s, like it, not like, I guess maybe a little bit like, it's like, poppy and jumpy like say yeah. Britney or something but then the other one is like really grungy and acoustic like something off of Nirvana's Unplugged session so that's kind of what I'm saying is just yeah. like they're all those different styles that this one artist is doing are different but there is something about what that how that artist does what they do that is consistent throughout right. everything they do yeah and so that's what I'm talking about is just like you have to learn like every time you work with somebody or maybe even if you listen to somebody like uh, you learn the new code for uh, whatever artist it is. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You like 
took the words out of what I was going to say and made it a lot more clear. That's right. exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, oh, no, you, no, you're good. That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to say because you're right. I think that it's not about genres, it's about vibes now. And I think that- Oh, my God, that was so woke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's even better. You got you got to the point <laughs> even better. <laughs> but, but it's really, I mean, because like you said, there is a consistency there. There is a, um, you know, a, a uh, what's the word? Like a trademark or a, um, a motif that yeah. people have. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, you can hear it in everything they do. And it's a lot more, because I think a lot of people interpret mixing genres as kind of like eating a bunch of genres and just vomiting it out. Whereas I think it's more about like taking these genres and taking the pieces that fit for you right. and right. putting something together. Yeah, because then, I mean, that's at the end of the day, like um, painters and stuff like that, that's literally what they do. They pick up from each other and they build their own thing. And like music is the same thing. Yeah, definitely. And and that's why like indie is a term that we've come to know or, or whatever has just become so, I, I, for lack of better words, it's kind of become bastardized in what it's used for because yeah. it doesn't really mean that anymore. And, and there's in quote unquote indie art, like Vampire Weekend was, Weekend was huge and they're still considered indie even though they're on majors and they're selling out arenas. And like that yeah. doesn't mean what it originally intended for. So why do we still use it, you know? I feel like it's just such a big like umbrella turn term and it's just like easier to categorize something that you don't know yeah yeah and that happens a lot with with i think there is a lot of um in, in terms of that's the perfect way to put it because when people look at a certain type of music and they're unfamiliar with it there's a tendency to just kind of lump it all together yeah that happens with emo all the time yeah it happens with with country because you hear country and most people think walmart country they think you know uh trucks birthdays and yeah. you know, stuff like that you know and and it's it's not all that country has to offer but because that's on the surface level and people don't want to dig further into it for better good or bad reason you know i'm not yeah. going to judge one way or the other but to lump them all together is just unfair to the rest of that quote yeah. unquote genre yeah i think that's so funny because like with country music i'm like ew i hate country music <laughs> but then i'm like casey musgraves oh my god and then I literally, even, even like george Strait sometimes i'll be like yeah. this is a great song i'm like who am i yeah <laughs> it's funny like i am a country singer and a lot of times i'm just like man i hate country music but then i'm just like oh god i love country. no and music. then sometimes whenever i'm singing like a little word would come out it's like my little southern twin i'm like yeah. you gotta cut that show like, <laughs> that is not okay I think that's one of the, the benefits of, of just like growing up in Texas in the sense that you can be so like anti-ethical with the stereotypical Texan is, but yeah. you still have things. You're that, still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeehaw all the way. Yeehaw. <laughs> we, uh, we did an episode where we talked about Tennessee whiskey, Chris Ableton's version. Oh my God. So good. And I was reading about him and he was really into Aretha Franklin, uh, Etta James and, and all these soul artists, and when I learned that and I heard it again, I'm like, how did I miss this? Like, no, it's yeah. so obvious in his well, voice. Well, have you ever heard um, Barely Alive? It's like, he was in a band before he, like, did that. And that's, I can't even remember what the song is called. I mean, the band. But the song is called Barely Alive. And it's so good. And, like, I feel like his voice is just so raw. And, like, you could hear, like, the cracks and, like, everything all at once. And it makes me, like, appreciate the fact that, like, Yes, he's a country artist. Boo. But I'm like, wait, this is kind of good. It's, But you could definitely tell that he was influenced by like Aretha Franklin, people like that. 
Yeah, and, and he's an older guy too. He's I think he just turned forty recently. So it's not like he. I feel like Gen Z is great about this, and it's very clear, especially in, in pop radio, because pop radio has become so like demystified from everything. It's just yeah. you know, there's not genres. Just pop is pop, and I mean, I think Olivia Rodrigo is a, a good example of that because right. she's all over the place in, in the best way possible. Personally, yeah. I think. Um, but uh, you know, and for him coming from you know. He, being able to do that and in being able to still maintain his you know his reputation and still be considered a, a quote-unquote like straight-up country artist but it's right. clear he's got these other influences i think it's it's a real accomplishment you know yeah that's really cool yeah. for sure yeah uh, there is something about country mu- like whenever i hear like country that like does not do it for me because there's a lot of stuff that does do it for me right and uh, stuff that's new and stuff that's old like chris stapleton definitely does it for me but i sometimes i wonder like because you know we talk about the ethos of country music and there's definitely a lot of ignorance there and there's there's a whole lot of things that you could say about that so I, i won't really get into all of it but one thing that i will say is that country like because there is that ignorance there, sometimes I feel like that genre of music didn't get to progress the way that it maybe it could have like, um, because I feel like all types of music, um, say, let's just say from America, you know, uh, all kinds of American music, black American music, like all of that stuff, like when it first became a thing, country, rock, blues, was like the same thing and then it was marketed to different people you know and so uh because of the way it was marketed i think it it almost kind of stunted country's growth but when you have people like chris stapleton who could be like yeah no i mean like all this music is connected and so chris stapleton can go and listen to aretha franklin listen to etta james and be like yo this is all it's i'm not saying that it, it all has to be the same thing. I mean, it kind of is, you know, whether or not we say it is or not. But, like, once you can realize that that is part of the truth, that this is all part of the same thing, then I think you'll find the ways, like... Because, like, there... Oh, man. This is this is about to be a, a real hot take. Hit but it. Uh, Hit it. Like, you know, there are, are a whole bunch of country artists out there right now. And, I mean, we're talking about Casey Musgraves. We're talking about Chris Stapleton and, like... Those are the ones we're talking about, and those are the ones that I feel kind of get that a little bit more. No, yeah. Yeah. No, 100%, because I like country singers like that who, like, they have a good voice. They know what they're doing. The country music that I bash and I am ashamed to hear other people listen to is, like, like Luke Bryan, <laughs> or they're, like, <laughs> beers, girls, and drugs. <laughs> That's where I, I'm like, okay, guys, yes, yeehaw, but not like that. not like that that's what we call walmart country (laughs) no i love that term so i'm gonna start saying that i stole that from punk rock mba but like it um but yeah no i I think that the the interesting thing you know you're talking about exactly like it starts all in the same place and i think there are branches because you look at willie nelson moving to texas from nashville because he was you know sick of the scene there Mm -hmm. and looking at the, the whole hippie generation and the effect they had on each other you know he became friends with janice joplin robert o'keen was out there um and then you've got guys like like johnny cash who have songs that are anti-war and talks about i remember i was i can't remember if it was san quentin or there's another live album 
but I can't remember which one it was, but he's introducing a song and he's talking about, he's like, you know, people gave me shit cause they called me like a dove, you know, they're the people that were pro-war jingoistic were, were hawks. And it's like, no, like I'm a dove, but I got talons. Like I'm not a pushover, but I'm mm. passive at the mm. same time. Mm. And, and, and yeah, there's, there's problematic elements with him as well. But, but the fact that he was at the front stage of this saying stuff like that in the seventies at a time when this wasn't as, you know, as, as marketable, quote yeah. unquote, you know, yeah. it's really interesting to see these different branches come about. No. And I love whenever like people like that, who had very like hot takes whenever it was not a cute thing to say. And I love that. Like, even now they're still like representing the same thing, you know, um, even though, yeah, he's not the best person ever. There's who is perfect. But I feel like whenever you, Especially because, like, back in the 70s and stuff, oh, the shit. Like, they got shitted on for saying stuff like oh, that. Yeah. And also, I feel like the point of, like, like the masculinity of, like, saying it, um, I feel like it wasn't, like, a very macho man thing to do. But I feel like the fact that he had, like, the courage to say that, like, brought up everyone else. And here we are now, like, very accepting and, like, everyone's trying more to be open-minded. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I love looking back and, on these and it's so funny to hear these statements and they sound pretty like innocuous, but they're so controversial at the time. Yeah. I mean, I look at, I mean, the, the biggest example is like Dixie chicks or, or Di- there's the chicks now, right? Yeah. Or, okay. So like, I mean, I, I look back and I, I remember the backlash and I remember hearing everything that happened and I'm looking back. I'm like, oh yeah, like they really like tore into Bush and like, no, they just said they're ashamed to be from the same state. Yeah. Like, that was it. They didn't say anything about his policy about, you know, anything specific, but that was enough to just derail their career momentarily. Yeah. You know? And I think personally, I think that that is hilarious. Like just the fact that like, people have the audacity to like take that with anything more than literally, literally just words. Like imagine being like, no, yeah, this guy sucks. And everyone's <laughs> like, you know what? Take, give me all your money, your career, <laughs> you're done. I think it's kind of funny. Cause it's like, people are so like butthurt, I guess. But like at the same time, it's like, these are real things. And like, why are you going to be butthurt about like, obviously we all know this guy's bad. Like, hello. I just think it's funny that people take it so serious. Yeah, I mean, whenever uh, it's obvious, like no, yeah, this stuff. Yeah, everybody. I mean, just like their whole. It's, but it was like their fan base was super patriotic. Though. Yeah, I mean, that's like, why I think yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, and the thing about it too is this was like this was a couple years after nine eleven. It wasn't like immediately after. I mean, this is what oh three or so. And I remember I graduated high school in oh six, and I was freshman year of college. I was watching the Grammys. They won for their their follow up album, um, and they go up there and I can't remember which one it was. I don't think it was Natalie, but uh, one of the other ones was just like, they just like, they won. I said, ha ha, like, you know, Nelson from Simpsons. <laughs> and I turned to my roommate. I'm like, Oh, what was that about? He's like, do you, have you been like in a cave this whole like week, like decade? Like this is about the Bush thing. I'm like, that was three years ago, <laughs> three or four years ago. Like people are still upset about that. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see just um, how far we've come how far we still need to go, obviously, right. but it's it's just wild to to think about. You know, there there is obviously a lot of obvious things that that come up that that are very apparent. But I think us talking about genre and things like that is one of the the less important things that has, has changed so much that has become more unified in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful. And I feel like 
um, just like normalizing talking about wild shit makes it more okay. For sure. Know? Yeah. It definitely. And I think, uh, you know, a big component of this is just festivals and general music festivals have become so, um, so diverse that will diverse in sound, not so much diverse in the way it should be, but, yeah, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that there are, that's a big component of it. I remember when Pitchfork gave the Carter three, uh, like a huge, great score. It blew my mind. I'm like, Oh wait, wait, like, like hipsters like rap too. Like <laughs> that's the thing. And then I remember just being blown away by that. And then, being able to see that and like oh like this has become so mainstream in the best way possible and that yeah. the fact that you've got people who are just crossing genres crossing vibes crossing different things that you wouldn't expect them to they probably yeah. wouldn't have been applauded for a decade before that yeah and i remember i don't know if y'all remember like i think it was like uh one of the singers from corn they like became a country artist this is like super long ago i think it's stained Aaron. oh Lewis. yeah yeah was, was it, yeah and I remember, like, whenever it first happened, because my, my brother at the time was like, oh, my God, like, what is going on? And I was, like, I was so young, probably, like, in middle school or something. And I did not understand anything. But I was, like, hmm. I was, like, thinking about it. And I was, like, imagine just being, like, a hard-ass metal rock player. And then just be, like, you know what? No, yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's so cute. No, I think I think it's interesting, too, just to see people that we've – been aware of when we were younger and they're growing up yeah like how many and then there are bands that i really enjoy and i still love their immature stuff that they wrote when they were teenagers but i completely understand if if billy joe armstrong doesn't want to talk what uh, doesn't want to sing a song about masturbating anymore no, yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. it's just so wild to see that unfold in your eyes because you have these legacy bands like the rolling stones who like completely refuse to quit which is great like it, it's it's amazing that they're able to do it and they're, they're happy doing it but there's this consistency there and they didn't have even though they started very young you don't you don't see a lot of them like being ashamed of old songs or anything like yeah. that and seeing the growth in people whether it be for like good reason or just because personal reason they're just tired of that song it's really yeah. fun to kind of see what annoys him and what doesn't yeah i'd have a little tidbit about that i'm i was really proud uh, of the foo fighters on this last record they did and not even because i like it that much but because they uh what was it when they were doing sonic highways chris shiflett the guitar player um it has a country band and has had a couple of country bands and is a great country guitar player but when they went to nashville to record the song that they were going to do there for sonic highways dave was just like nah let's not do that and there was i and that that TV show Sonic Highways was really good, and I do like the album. I <laughs> oh man, I'm saying this on a podcast, Dave Grohl. I love you. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was, I feel like there were a couple of missed opportunities with like the styles that they could have delved into, like like some of the places that were more known for their rock music, like Seattle and California. Maybe I think they got like a good snapshot of those areas, but then like they they went to go play with a jazz band in new orleans and they went to go play with all these country players in nashville and it's like on that album i didn't really get to hear a whole lot of those styles like in the songs that they did there but on this last album they were just like you know what we're gonna make like a dance album and it's yeah. and, and again it's not like i i love it love it i do like it but it's it's nice to see them doing something a little different and like growing and i think they're gonna keep doing that which Makes me yeah. happy. Maybe and not a whole yeah. lot at a time, but I feel yeah. like growth like looks different to like every artist in the fact that 
like rather they um develop their genre more because like for me like literally even though i'm not like beyonce yet yet we're holding on to that yes 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 <laughs> um but i feel like even whenever i like i started like doing shows and stuff when i was like 14 or 15 it was like stupid little shows all the time but then like as soon as i like developed i feel like when once you develop like like or i guess not develop but get grounded in what you want to sound like then you you catch it and from that moment on you know and i feel like that's what most of them do because also like money is real and like <laughs> if you already have money and you're like i want to play the guitar you are kind of you have it you know and like you have the opportunities ready for you to go but i feel like since they're not able to like develop and grow like in their own timing i feel like you just get everything at once and like you get all of the the premature like music that they are gonna take down later on you know and i think it's so cool you could get you get to like grow with them sounded cute might delete later basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know um i i'm glad you brought chris shiflet up because i don't think we've ever talked about him but i was introduced to him and his pop punk band no use for a name which is like one of my favorite like skate punk bands when when I was first getting into that genre and then seeing him go to the the Foo Fighters and I didn't know until recently that he had country bands and stuff like that yeah. and it's just so wild because he still plays with like me first in the gimme gimme does his pop punk covers and it's just so cool that he's able to like do all this and not feel like you know it doesn't feel like he's not being sincere yeah it's really like somebody he that is all him each one of these versions there is a little bit mm-hmm. of code switching like you were saying earlier there's a little bit of code switching with within that 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 realm of of music but it still just feels natural and it doesn't ever feel like he's trying to be something he's not yeah cool. i mean because i feel like you could definitely tell whenever an artist is like forced to do something like pop artists all the time there you could definitely tell there's that one song and they're like this song fucking sucks but then <laughs> you're like but money and i'm like no yes we understand but you could definitely t- like hear it in like everything and even if they're performing live you could like sick of it you know yeah i think sometimes it borders on ego and sometimes it just borders on boredom you know right, I, right. I think a lot we talked about garth brooks's chris gaines album where he did like mm-hmm. an r&b-ish album Lil Wayne's rock album, you know. Oh, Lil Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes, sometimes it's just a natural progression. I, I always look back at like Taylor Swift as an example. I mean, my introduction to her was this teenager who was a little bit younger than me who you know, played these sad country songs. And then now she's like one of the biggest pop stars in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's just so wild to see that progression. And then to look back at the time and people being upset about it because to them, this is one person. But we forget these are also people who have... Right different sides of them you know i feel like she's a perfect example of like the fact that as soon as she started like she just had money and opportunity so we saw the like premature like she was of course yes taylor swift is great but we saw like before she found like what she wanted you know definitely yeah yeah i I, i'd see that a lot with with artists and we we just did a marvin gay episode there was a point where he was tired of doing these you know i want to hold your hand type Motown songs you know like he wanted to kind of get into like the grit and Barry Gordy wouldn't let him so he like tried out for the the Detroit Lions football team he was trying to find himself and it's just so wild to have to do that when millions of people are looking at you waiting on your next move yeah and it's scary it's very scary yeah and I feel like I feel like that's why also like whenever artists who like come from nothing and they like grow themselves up I feel like that's why like artists who just had it available to them they would just respect them so much more because they're like 
you were able to figure shit out before everyone was like already expecting something new, you know? Yeah. So, like Rihanna. Rihanna, oh my God, she hasn't released music in years, years, but everyone is still like, we're waiting, girl, let's go. <laughs> and I really do respect that she's like not, she just hasn't put out something. Cause like, hey, at the end of the day, if you don't want to put out music cause it's not what you feel, then yeah. But like, I feel like she stayed very true to the fact that like, I'm not going to release music until I feel like it's yeah. my time. And I'm like, wow, I could never. I could never. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, she's, I, I feel like she's a big, like a big uh, proponent of, uh, you know, just self-medication, you know? I yeah. feel like there are, obviously she's been through a lot and there is uh, only so much that, that people can handle anybody. Like it, it doesn't make you weak or anything. It's just, it's just wild to, that we look at people and they're able to maintain this and, can maintain their their self you know their self-help and their 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 mental health you know yeah. and it's just so wild that that when people do take this break and some people get upset about that you know we got to remember these are people you know yeah yeah and i feel like whenever the artist can say true to like no guys i need my time it means a lot more than to just okay fine let me just do a song really fast so yeah just, just release something you know yeah definitely i think um you know it's it's interesting because there are lots of examples of, of people who have been able to consistently put things out. And I feel like, especially in pop music today, if you are gone for a year, it could be the death of your career. No. Yeah, exactly. Taking that risk is just, uh, it's just, it's just wild to, to when you actually like break it down into what they're actually doing. You know, mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, uh, it, it's interesting to just think about the fandoms that people build up, like, I mean, Gaga can wait. She has the time to put out stuff that she feels c good with. And I mean, what was the, the album, the country album she put out? Um, I can't remember the name, but that was kind of a left turn, you know, and it, but at the same time, the fans were there Yeah. and it was not like blind fandom, but rather like, okay, I can appreciate this because she's yeah. putting it out. And, and in some cases they may be opened up to a new genre or yeah. new, also, new vibe. Also, it's like the gays got her. <laughs> no we're like no gaga we're here and we're with you whatever you do whatever you do yeah i, I think uh you know i i think it's interesting because there there are a lot of fandoms out there that that are toxic and, and very you know controlling but i i feel like you know because gaga has this this appeal this wide appeal and she's able to to advocate for her yeah. fans as well <laughs> that it just it just makes it such a nice like relationship yeah speaking of wide appeal literally Whenever I was like growing up, um, my one of my like grandpas, he loved Lady Gaga, loved, and I, because I was young, I was like Lady Gaga. I was just so like Lady Gaga. What? Also because like I was raised very Christian. Lady Gaga was like, girl, no. <laughs> but then like as I'm, I was growing up, like I was like, oh my god, he's woke. I was like, he liked Lady Gaga, and like it just meant like she could just get so many people like she because she's so flexible in her genre like she just has so much to offer like her vocals are literally insane and just like her the process of making her songs there's so much goes into it you know yeah you know it's funny my my introduction and i knew who lady gaga was the poker face was huge but i was just kind of like oh just another pop star yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my brother my brother is like the biggest anomaly of all he's like one he's like one of my favorite people but like he's got this vibe and he 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 looks like he listens to like new metal and and mm. like he's kind of bro -y, loves like ufc and stuff but he loves gaga and he she's was for everyone. Yeah, she's for everyone. But it's yeah. just so funny because he was such an advocate. Remember, we were like driving somewhere, and he was playing. He's blasting it, 
And he didn't give a shit if anybody was like staring at him. He was like singing along to every word. Amen. And uh, we went to a party a few weeks later and there was a guy there and my brother starts talking about Gaga and how much he, he he's very social. He's talking about that. And this guy, is, he's kind of a stereotypical kind of, uh, you know, metalhead looking dude. He's wearing a Metallica shirt. He's like, oh, yeah, get that cookie cutter bullshit out of here. And my brother's like, you're wearing a Metallica shirt, man. You're talking about cookie cutter. <laughs> you're like, girl, that's and you. And you knew that would piss him off, even though <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't like it. But like the fact it is so funny because they talked for 30 minutes, never got heated. But at the oh. end of it, the metalhead was kind of like, OK, all right. I kind of see what you're saying. Like he just explained like what God Gaga meant to him and and yeah I think it's just so cool that she has that appeal no yeah she's for the gays she's for the straights you know it's funny that you mentioned uh your grandpa and it's great that your grandpa's woke there was a family yeah. member of mine who I know is not woke but that loved Lady Gaga you see it's yeah like, <laughs> no matter everyone is everyone loves Gaga definitely um coming back to, to Julia Jacqueline I, I think that uh you know we talked a little bit about her influences you, uh, we were talking earlier, I think Brett mentioned that you sound like Angel Olsen. Do you have similar influences as she does, that she does? Or? Um, I feel that like my, cause the music that I listen to, I literally listen to like pretty much everything, but the music that I like take from, I feel like it is more of like, um, like soul music. I really like, um, Kelly Price and like Jill Scott, like they are so good and like, the way that they can like talk so much shit in one song is so beautiful and it just sound like so beautiful it's just it's wild to me also like i feel i prefer whenever like um a singer i prefer to listen to someone who i could like instantly feel what they're singing you know because obviously like indie music and just like stuff like that i feel like there's just so many topics that are already discussed, you know, but I feel like whenever you can feel what the artist is singing and you can like resonate and like whenever they could put you in the spot that they were, it's just so much more powerful. And like even Beyonce, I love Beyonce. She's literally my God. Um, even like her songs in just about like uh, Lemonade, that entire thing, it is just so powerful because you could literally like feel um or like don't hurt yourself i don't know if you've ever heard that song but it, you could you could hear the anger in her voice like i like and whenever artists like that like whenever i'm like presented to them i guess um i take everything i can i soak it up because i want like my music to be more of like a like i want people to feel what i'm singing and i want to like because before i used to just be like oh like cute little love songs and like stupid stuff like that but then um as i like got more like in tune with what i want to be as an artist um i started listening to more music that have more feelings rather than just like notes in it and just like random shit you know yeah definitely i think that goes a lot further you know i think Nowadays, especially because you can hear anybody who's putting out music. Yeah. It's not, I don't want to say it's not good enough, but it's not enough to just be good. Right. I think you have mm. to sound sincere. You have to feel real, you right. know? I think that the core of that is really what, what drives a, a lot of fandom now. And it's just not about, you know, like, oh, like, I mean, there are songs I listen to. I'm like, oh man, this riff is dope. Like, I like this. I yeah, like this of course. Drum of course. Fill. Yeah. But there, you know, now more than ever, the things that appeal to me the most are, are just things that, that I like listening to and it makes me 
feel good about it, you know, yeah. or, or or makes you feel a certain way. Not yeah. doesn't necessarily need to be good. Yeah. I find myself like whenever I'm like sad or like going through something, I find myself looking for music that like is already there, you know, so I can just like feel like, I guess like comforted in like, oh, this song is literally about my situation right now, you know, and I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. Definitely. I, 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 I'd like to do that too. I, I feel like, and I, I think I told you earlier, like I didn't know Julia Jacqueline before you mentioned you were covering um, them. And, and it's, uh, it's just really interesting to go back because I don't know how I missed her. I don't know how, like, yeah. there's so many things I listen to that are kind of adjacent to, to what, what she does. And, and I, I think that it, it's just, it's cool to fill in the blanks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Also, like, the way that she presents, like, like we were talking about, the way that she presents her lyrics is so beautiful. Because it's, like, so many, there's so many metaphors that are over it, but the core of it is, like, right there for you to see it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, what are, what other kind of artists like her do you, uh, do you like? Um, I really, let me think. Recently, I've been very in my um, twink vibes, gay men twink vibes. So like, it's so funny because um, I love listening to like Ariana Grande and just like gay things like that. But um, I, the way that I love Jill Scott so much, like I can't even, also Lauren Hill is like one of my biggest idols ever, just because like, also, Erica Badu, oh my God, like she could literally ruin my life and I would thank her. <laughs> I would say thank you, thank you so much, Miss Badu. But also like the way that they structured their music and their sound and like the rawness and realness of it really helped me to like find, because like I said before, I was doing like cute little songs about love and stuff like that. But my newest song that I just released called Dream, go listen to it right now. It is depressing. So buckle up, <laughs> you know, but that song is the first song that I ever put out that was like me being so vulnerable because before I just felt like my, my whole idea before was like, I don't want to say my emotions. Like I want them to figure it out, you know? Yeah. But in the song dream that I have now, it's basically about like, um trigger warning because you're kind of sad but it's basically about like just that i was going through a really really dark time and like could not find myself and was like looking for love in all the wrong spots and just like the vulnerability behind it because i wrote it and i was like lol no one is seeing this so i was like <laughs> this is for me and god like no one's gonna listen to this but then i just felt like the importance of like normalizing having like a depressive episode you know because it was a lot to like go through, but the fact that I could like use music to like express my feelings and like talk about the realness of the situation, because literally even the lyrics, like I was very in a very dark spine. It's very easy to see that. But um, I feel like the fact that I even had the opportunity to like share that with other people means so much to me. But also at the same time, I always try to like remind all of my listeners and everything like that. Like this was a very dark time and i'm not just like taking it very lightheartedly you know like the song means a lot to me because it was like something that i got over and overcame you know not just like oh cute little depressive episode you know yeah that actually i, I like that you say that because the, um one thing that i've been thinking about a lot lately with some of the music that i want to release uh is that a lot of it um can come off as hopeless yeah and um like 
I, 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 I tangle with the idea of like an artist, like, um, what should, what is like moral to release? Like, yeah. cause there's, you know, I definitely like a lot of art, you know, not just music, but like any media that might have themes of hopelessness, but there's just like, there's this level I feel like that it gets kind of sketchy almost where yeah. like, man, are you going to like release something that's just so hopeful, so hopeless. And like, I was talking to one of my friends the other day and they were just like, yeah, I feel like hopelessness is like the dead end. And so like, um, there's, there's this one tune that I, the first tune that I have for this next country record that I want to do and uh, it it has like one line that it, like suggests hopefulness, but I think and it's a it's a really good tune, but I don't think I'm gonna release it as a single. I think I'm gonna use one of the other tunes on the album, and then like the whole record is gonna be kind of like a story of coming out of like a really dark place. So I almost don't want to release that as a single yeah. because it it could give the listener possibly the wrong idea. And but that being said, I'm I don't think I'm gonna be the person to like interpret what I might see as being totally hopeless. Yeah, it'd be like you can't release that. That's totally hopeless. You're not going <laughs> like I I'd I'd rather let somebody like have their moment and then like even if something does kind of come off as hopeless to me, sometimes just how beautiful it might be yeah. that human moment might be is is enough to suggest hopefulness yeah. to me. And also like as soon as I like release a song, I think even before I like made this really long Instagram post and I was like, look guys, like this song is very vulnerable. And I literally talk about like feeling so depressed that I want to not exist. And like, I do say like very like aggressive things like that. But at the same time I was like, I hope that this kid make someone feel like this is not just a feeling that you're feeling by yourself. Like people feel this and it's okay to feel this. Like there was, um, someone was DMing me like, and saying like, thank God that like you said this so openly because I felt like I was the only bitch out here going <laughs> through it. And I was like, baby, like these are real feelings. And like, there's so much to like be upset about in the world. Like there's just, you could walk out and find a million things, you know? But I feel like, Whenever you, um, like you said, a human moment, whenever you experience that and are able to overcome it and you're able to like recognize that this is something that everyone goes through and it's okay. It's so much more like powerful than just being alone. And I feel like as an artist, I was a little bit scared too to like release that. And I was like, I don't want someone to like get the wrong interpretation of this. But at the same time, I was like, I feel like because my the way that I use music is to like express my direct emotions and I use that like as an outlet and I was like so what if someone is like having a difficult time finding finding an outlet you know like I'm hoping that through releasing music that's very like real and vulnerable then I could like offer someone an outlet you know because that's because I used to just be like oh cute music but now I feel like I want to like because of course everyone goes through really dark things but I feel like addressing them and saying like no this is real everyone goes through this and we're all going to get through it together is a lot more important than just being like i'm a perfect artist fuck y'all you know <laughs> i feel like that means a lot more to like my listeners and stuff yeah definitely i think julia jacklin in, in an interview was talking about how to her 
it was always more important that she was satisfied with the meaning of the song. And yeah. if people got the wrong idea from it, they don't have to listen to it. Yeah. You know, and then there's there's intent. And then once it gets released to the world, it's that, you know, specific becoming universal again. You know, it's, it's just... Uh, there is an aspect of it that there is like the death of the author where like you put it out and you, you can rest in, in solace that, that you put out what you meant to say. And that that's exactly how you felt. And if people want to interpret it differently, that's totally up to them, but you yeah. give them the freedom to do that. Yeah. You said what you said and what you said is what you said. <laughs> yeah. And then usually, I mean, more often than not, it becomes a positive thing. I mean, there's so many songs I have songs that I listen to that like when I need to, to calm down i'll go for a drive and like i would just play a song yeah drive around and you know it makes me feel better it makes me feel uh not alone just kind of like what you were saying yeah. you know and it's probably a song has nothing to do with what i'm going through <laughs> like my my quote-unquote problem at that point in time is superficial and yeah it doesn't make me feel bad for feeling bad about that oh of course yeah also i feel like the purpose behind uh, the song that she the song is very much like because, of course, like, um, addicts themselves, that's, like, a whole other thing. But, like, being with an addict or being in love with an addict is so difficult. And I feel like she normalizes, like, that it's a situation. Because so many times, like, people don't think about the um, family members of the addict or, like, stuff. That, like, how do they feel, you know? Because, like, of course, like, they are going through some shit right now, like... And I feel like the way, like, I just cannot get over the way that she literally, like, is pleading with them. Like, don't you give a shit. Like, you know, and I think that's so beautiful. She's literally, like, begging, like, just try. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I you hear that and you feel that and you don't even have to be in a situation like that or be familiar with a situation like that right. to completely get it and to kind of adapt it to how you feel about someone else, too. Even if it's completely, like on the other spectrum of, of what exactly. she's talking about. Yeah. And that's another thing that's really cool about like art in itself. Like it's all up to like the interpretation and I could make a song about literally anything and it could mean so much more for someone else. You, know? you get so much mileage out of one person's expression. Exactly. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was a really good way to say that. You're so well. I like the way that you said it and the way you said oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, no, this has been fun. Just been in hearing your dynamic and, and, and I appreciate that you feed off of each other. And um, so this, this has been cool. Um, I wanted to bring up that because uh, you brought up about writing, performing when you were 14 and, and at yes. a young age. Uh, when Julia Jacqueline was 13, she was in a cover band called Anonymous and they oh covered God. Avril Lavigne and Evanescence. Are there bands when you like when you first started performing that were kind of like your main staples in, in terms of, of influencing you that have kind of evolved or has it always been pretty consistent? I feel like it's been consistent, but I feel like as the artists, like I mentioned, like Jill Scott, um, Erica Badu, Lauren Hill, even freaking Nicki Minaj, like I the way that I just love, I just feel like rather than the music the person themselves like the way that they have grown as artists because even when i was like 14 i was listening to them you know but the way that they have grown um has definitely helped me grow with them and like develop my music and like just like my like spirituality even like everything has grown with them and i really do appreciate that about artists who like allow themselves to be so open in their like path because whenever i was like 14 i was performing at like coffee shops and so but at the time i was like I'm that bitch. <laughs> I was like, here I am. I'm doing it. But um, 
also like performing whenever you're that young it's a little bit scary just because i'm like my parents would go with me all the time but like it was definitely a little bit scary in the fact that like i was just um so like open i guess and just like i was like let's go like i was just ready to i guess get get it like all kick started but listening to artists like that definitely helped me um, like stay rooted in what I want and like not get too off of that, you know, because I, I feel like being influenced by artists means like not just their music to me. Cause like I'm very influenced by like Nicki Minaj, but I don't put out the same music that she does, but I think I'm more influenced by like her whole entire like facade and like who she is as a person. You know, I really do look up to the fact that they could just be like, this is me. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, y'all y'all got to get with it. And I think that's what I take from that, you know? Awesome. Yeah, I, I we've, we did an episode about Lauren Hill. We had someone perform a great cover of To Zion. And in reading, I've always appreciated her and I've always just, like, admired who she is. And, yeah. and, and I, miseducation is, is just oh, iconic, yes. you know? Yes. But learning about, you know, the mental breakdown that she went through and, like, she only has two albums, essentially. Yeah. And the fact that, like, she seems to be more comfortable with herself than, than most people in, in that spotlight. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's refreshing, you know? And, and I think that there's a lot of songs on Miseducation that, that really talk about her trauma and her experience and her, you know, her sadness. But at the same time, it's, it's super hopeful. I mean, yeah. To Zion itself is, is a song about her trying to figure out if she should have her child or not. But it never feels preachy about how, you know, it doesn't ever feel like it's, uh, you know, it's um, it, it, it's essentially a pro-choice song. Right. Even though she like she chooses it, it's it's never feels preachy about like you shouldn't do this or shouldn't yeah. do that or that she feels guilty or anything. But she had to choose between, you know, her child and her career and she was able to have both, you know. Yeah. And that's so beautiful that she was like able to share that experience at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that, I mean, you guys are talking about writing songs and, and showing your vulnerability and. And sometimes you just, you don't need to share it. You just need to put it out there. But sometimes sharing yeah. it can evolve it into something completely above what it was intended for. Exactly. Yeah. There's a guy uh, named Namdi Obanaya who is just, he does all kinds of different music. And he, some some of his stuff is very like Midwestern emo. He's got a lot of like twinkly guitars, you know, sparkly guitars. And he has a song that was dedicated. He wrote it for his friend who died. And the only recording of it is a very like lo-fi video recording on YouTube, and it's a, it's like a fifteen-minute video, and he's being interviewed about it, like what it means. Is, I think his name is Rich, his friend's name, and he's just talking about what Rich meant to him, and that he's like, I needed to put this out there, I wanted it out there, I didn't want to go and record it, and he even says like when he's performing, he's like, this will probably be the only time I ever play this, and I can't find it anywhere. It's a beautiful song and i love it. it's my favorite song by him and i can only watch it on youtube and i just love that he felt so vulnerable to to do this but was still able to share it in a way that he wanted to share it without making it like i felt like maybe he felt like it wasn't right to to make yeah. money off of it or whatever i don't know what his yeah. specific reasoning for it but it, that, that doesn't matter I, mean, I got to experience it and i i love that he was able to share it that way yeah that's so beautiful that like as artists like you just have this huge outlet to just release like whatever you want to. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so uh, do you guys have any final thoughts about Julia Jacqueline? Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um, yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> Go off queen. Yes. 
<laughs> awesome. So, uh, you guys have anything to plug? Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to be releasing some music soon. Um, also, I'm moving to Austin, Texas. So, doing a lot of shows over there. And yes, Spotify, Instagram, Jaylene Ariana. I don't use Twitter because I it's too much. <laughs> but yes, please follow me and go to my shows. I always have ticket links to my bio and my Spotify as well. Awesome. Yeah. Um. I uh. What is it? Uh. On Spot and all the streaming services, you can find me uh at just Daniel Miller. Go to my Instagram, Daniel Miller nineteen ninety seven, and you can find the link tree. But uh, just Daniel Miller. That's all my jazz stuff. And then Daniel Miller and the Red Roses is my country band, and we have one EP that's uh, uh already released, and then we should be recording another one soon. And uh, it's funny. Last night I was at a party, and somebody was just like, "You haven't released anything in a while." I was just like, "I just released a jazz single." So I just released a jazz <laughs> single called "Sooner or Later," and you can find that on the uh, the just the Daniel Miller page. Amen. Also, yeah, I'm on all streaming platforms. It's just because I listen to music on Spotify, so I'm like everyone else should. Yeah, I'm <laughs> the same way. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So coming up next, we have. Uh, Jaylene Ariana featuring Daniel Miller covering Julia Jacklin's Pool Party.
You see.